That's ridiculous. Best actor, supporting actor, best actress, supporting actress. The whole thing's a farce. Why even watch then? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why waste your time if Tom Cruise isn't nominated for best actor? I watch the Academy Awards every year. Get people over. Yep. That is cool. I don't. Our goal in this podcast is to know Jesus better and by the power of his spirit, do better. So together we can be a little better. Hey, welcome to A Little Better. My name is Daniel. I'll be your host. And today we have a special guest on the podcast, Campus Pastor Webster. Let's go. Nate Miller. Uh, you kicked off a brand new series this past Sunday uh, called When Life Hits Hard. Mm. We're talking all about biblical suffering and trials and hard times. Like, what do we do when life is not good, right? And so give us your sermon in 60 seconds. Okay, sermon in 60. Yeah, as you said, like we all we all bump into moments in life that we don't understand that could be a trial, that could be a suffering, and so we're trying to take those experiences and yet also these beliefs that God is good, that God is in control, can do things, and so how do those things reconcile? How do those things mm-hmm. come together? And so week one, I really just tried to give kind of a framework and like yeah. that 30,000-foot view of how God views um, trials and even how he uses trials in our lives to help us actually grow and refine and improve our faith and ultimately be able to experience even joy in the midst of that process. So mm. that was Sermon in 60. Nice. That's how, awesome. how close was he? He was pretty close. <laughs> he was definitely under 60 seconds, but yeah, it's good. So, Nate, why is it important? I want to start with this first question that we didn't even write down, right? Why is it important for us to have a proper understanding of the purpose of suffering first? Like, why sure. didn't we just dive into like, okay, this is how to, you know, engage your suffering or... Why don't we dive into any other broad topic of suffering? Why did you start with the, the why or the purpose behind suffering from God's view? Right. Yeah. I think, I, you know, I, we started there as we were kind of thinking through this series just because of like that foundation is just so important. And even as I've had conversations with individuals over the last year or so that are experiencing really hard things, like those, those are the moments truly where and when our faith is tested because there's this propensity when we don't have clarity on that to lean towards God is evil, mm. I doubt, I question, I wonder. And so starting with a framework or like God's purpose in <clears throat> that helps us to not go that way, but to press in and to lean in versus leaning away yeah. when a trial or suffering happens in life. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. And as you listen, just for this is a note for the listener, like, there's going to be so much nuance and overlapping between our four podcast conversations and the four sermons. Like, and I feel like that's important, right? Because our counseling pastor, Adam Cogden, he told me when we were planning the series, he said, this is the thing Western Christians don't know how to do. Right. Like, he said, like, this is <clears throat> the thing that mm-hmm. we have no clue how to do well. Uh, and Brad, you you brought up a reference in our, our side conversation in the oh, hallway yeah, yeah. of Tim Keller's book. And yeah, Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering. I think yeah. that's the correct title. Okay. But that's I remember reading that book years ago, and chapter one just blew me away. And I've heard Keller talk about it since, too. But it really is, you know, almost any other faith tradition, philosophy, religious tradition throughout history around the world has an answer for suffering. Now, it might be the wrong answer. 
sure. right? But they, they understand some purpose or context for suffering. But the Western world, especially a scientific, materialistic, atheistic, you know, perspective, if the world is nothing but chance, you know, the universe, yeah. there is no purpose, then what is suffering? There, it, there, there can be no purpose for suffering, and suffering the can only needs to must be avoided at all costs. That's just the it has to be avoided at all costs. We we're we're going to <laughs> medical science, whatever. We're going to beat death. We're going to take pain away. We're going to feed it. We're we're going to solve this. But there is no purpose for suffering, and, and therefore, I think the Western population extremely anxious, sure. extremely depressed. We, well, we do everything to mask to or avoid to. suffering. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like that. The goal is to avoid it at all costs. Right. Well, right. Certainly, we're not. Like trying to, we're to not say, masochists. No. Yes, uh-huh. right, right. Mm-hmm. But there's also, yeah, when we do, because inevitably we all do bump into suffering and trials. Like, how? Yeah, many I mean, people are lacking that perspective of like, okay, this is a moment where I can I can grow, not run. Right. Well, think about uh, like a, an athlete or a football player or someone. You know, it's just like. They don't love pain, right. but they know why they're in the weight produces. room. They know why they're doing, you know, you know, these grueling practices or this incredible discipline. They submit to those things, not because they love them, but because they, they know what it gets them. They know what gets them to the, yeah, the that's, goal. I, I don't know. I would almost disagree with your analogy. Okay. Change uh, it. Your illustration of the weight room, because, like, they are, too, you know, like, they made the choice to enter into that, that's like, true. well. But, like, that's very I, true. maybe it's just an unhelpful, like, picture yeah but but like i I almost like i loved your framing of the culture and like in the sense of like every other culture for the most part Mm -hmm. knows what kind of mindset you need to take on Mm -hmm. or perspective you need to have in the Mm -hmm. midst of pain in your life Mm -hmm. even if you are the one who didn't directly like do something wrong per se because Mm -hmm. i mean in later weeks you know we're going to talk about like the different sources of suffering in our life and things like that. But mm-hmm. other cultures almost know like, oh, this is an opportunity to learn. I was talking with a friend literally last night who's in kind of a rough situation at his job and he doesn't know what's the next step for his life. And he was, he, you know, he's came like almost full circle. We've talked multiple times over the past several months. And, and, you know, he was in this place months ago where he's like, this sucks. I just want out. Like I just, I'm done. They don't care about me. Kind of all these other things. But, you know, I've tried to encourage him in the sense of like, hey, you're doing the right thing by providing for your family. You know, mm-hmm. it's not always roses in your life, but you need to figure out how God can use this to teach you in the midst of it, even though your work situation is not the best. Like bailing out maybe is not the right answer if it's going to mean your family's not going to have food on the table or whatever the case would be. Like you're not in a you know, a situation where you're being physically harmed or mentally harmed, you just don't like it right now. And so how do you need to think, like you need to, you know, seek God in the midst of this and say like, give me a new attitude, even in the midst of you looking for a new opportunity. Um, Mm -hmm. And like we talked last night and he was like, you know, I'm just like leaning into God and God's like really teaching me about when I get in a position like that my boss is in that I don't want to treat other people like this mm-hmm. or I don't want to do this. And so like he has really taken on this full different perspective of is this good? No, but I can learn from it. Sure. And that's almost the perspective in our suffering that you framed up in a proper theology, Nate, of like we need to have a proper view of who God is and then who God is will frame how we engage like our life situation. And so uh, let's back up a little bit even in the midst of this of, what is what even is a trial or suffering? How, how could we? Is there helpful definitions that we can nuance of like what is that? 
Like, what, what, is, what is a suffering or what is a trial? Yeah. Yeah, name yeah, what it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I actually didn't define that, did I? No. In nowhere in my talk. I, I don't even think that's a bad thing, right? right because right. it's so You're different. Right, I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess I'll take a stab at it and Brad then can correct. But, like, <laughs> I guess I view a trial as any moment or, or thing that, that proves or tests our faith. Like, we know that trials, like, God uses trials to test our faith. So then a trial would be like this thing, moment, you know, where we have a chance to grow in it and prove our faith and mm-hmm. endure through it, I guess, would be is a it, stab at it. Is it? I mean, trial is interesting because we think about it in a judicial, you know, context too. You know, yeah. as, uh, and maybe that's where we start talking about tests. Right. You know, the trials are are tests uh, for and us. Sometimes temptation and trial get mixed together too. And like, what's what would mm-hmm. be the difference between those two? Like a temptation, I would say, is like that's like internal. That's like yeah. And a trial might be external. Maybe that's a way to like decipher the two. I don't know. Although that's a good, I'll go with that. I'll go. <laughs> I'll go with that. Yeah, it's almost like it's anything that is uncomfortable and we don't like that is mm-hmm. putting us in a situation where we have to do something like we ha- we have to respond right yeah. we even a lack of response or the avoidance of our western culture of like there's phrases that always get thrown out when you have feelings like you're eating your feelings or you're numbing your feelings like you mm-hmm. you are put in a situation if you are led to like i need to eat a whole tub of ice cream to get through this or i need a whole bottle of wine like or i need to just forget about this. I need to veg out on Netflix. Like, whatever it is, like, you're responding, right? right. Mm-hmm. And right. so if you're put in a situation in your life that you don't like it, where you're, you're, you're almost, your gut reaction is flee, run, forget, numb. Like, mm. well, that's a suffering or a trial. Like, that's something that you don't really right. like that you're forced to right. respond, like, in your life. It, right, which know. comes back to that meaning then, like, yeah. purpose. Because if you know this trial is meant to, like, help or grow or challenge or refine my faith, it, it gives you that endurance and perseverance that James talked about that, you know, you want to lean into because we want to grow. At least I hope we do. But, mm-hmm. man, it, it can be hard, especially when it's painful. Yeah. Yeah. This, this says, I just looked up the word in the, the original language. It's an attempt to learn by the nature of testing one's character. Right. There you go. Is an expanded definition. So yeah, that would fit, right? And so it's pretty much what I said. I think yeah, it's pretty much what you said in very clear terms. Yeah. And so um, in your text that you use in James chapter one, it says before that, if if you even back up further, so if that's what the thing is, James tells us to count it all joy. Well, what's joy? In uh, in the midst of that, Brad? No, Brad, go ahead. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, it's I mean it's not you know, constant giggling, yeah, that's for sure, you know, or pleasure, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it has to be, it has to be a perspective, you know, it has to be, right. you know, an understanding, it has to be confidence of the outcome, right, that we are going to, you know, you know, despite all this, we know it's going to a good place. So uh, that's just my riff on it. Yeah, that's I don't a have riff. Like that's a, a helpful. Biblical yeah. So if James tells us to count it all joy, you know, consider it mm-hmm. of good intention, a good outcome, expression of gladness. Like it's it's okay. This is okay because I know the end result is good. Like if that's what our mindset is mm-hmm. when we experience these struggles, these trials, if you will. Um, Nate, you challenge us at the end of your message to have faith and trust God. Go to God in prayer. 
in the midst of these things. But how do I have faith in that season of life when it's like, I don't like this. I don't want this. Like, because most of the time I feel like our prayers in difficult season of life is, is asking God not to teach us in the midst of it. But most of the time our prayers are like, remove it. Yeah. Like, that's what we want to pray, right? If we're going through a trial, my first gut prayer is not, God, teach me to be more like you. My prayer is like, God, stop this. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, it gets, it quit. Comes- <laughs> it comes back to this mindset, I think, that's so prevalent in our, our world and culture today yeah. of just comfort. Yeah. And so our prayers revolve around safety and comfort when God might actually be trying to push us out of that comfort because there's something that he wants to teach us and show us that's going to help us become more like Christ. And that's where that perspective of trials and suffering come in of like mm-hmm. God's doing something. He's trying to chisel something out of me because it ought not to be there and and there's a goal here that I look more like Jesus and no, that's like where the joy comes from of like, mm. that sounds really weird and hard, but to that joy of like, man, I know God is doing something here allows us then to pray in a way that isn't God just remove it, but God help me to see the thing you're trying to help me see here. Mm-hmm. Not just, I want to, you know, be comfortable again or, yeah. or not experience pain again, but I yeah. want to see you and I want to see you in me refining me. That becomes the, the focus of that trial versus so many other ways in which we can view it that aren't really maybe what God might be wanting to show us. Because doesn't that just shift us from a vending machine or genie God to like the the actual real God of the Bible? Like, because when our focus is always comfort, right? We, we're always looking at the the mm-hmm. gifts that God provides, right? Of like, oh, you provided me, you know, a comfortable living situation, a good job, maybe a good family. Like, you just have me here in this place, and then if something riffs any of that and we're praying, God, take that away, we're basically saying, like, leave me, you know, let me exist in how I like my life to be and not this. We're more focused on the external pieces of life, comfort, joy, pleasures, versus, like, God, shape me, mold me, chisel me into who you want me to be in the midst of that. Like, but when we have that as a mindset, you know, of, of minor, I don't know if I don't, I don't like using the term minor suffering, but like when it's a comfort level suffering, it, it's easy for us to say like, oh, remove this. But like there's, there's, you know, heavyweights in our current era. Like we talk about like Johnny Erickson Santata, like a, 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 a legend when it comes to talking about God refining our character through mm-hmm. our pain and so many good resources that uh, she has provided in her talks and her books and things like that of like someone who is bound to a wheelchair for the extent of her life and mm-hmm. saying, I can worship God, serve God faithfully, even in the midst of all of this. Um, and so when we are hit and faced with these, you know, monumental, like life altering, my life will never be the same sufferings. When we have that proper theology, we can see that as counted all joy versus right. like, oh, I, re- I went through a rough patch. Um, and so I, I don't like equating like, cause everyone's suffering is unique to them. Yeah. Everyone and has a different suffering. list. And Parents have a different list than their children do. Right. right? Yeah, I mean, like, things that the children just think is the end of the world. Parents are like, really? Yeah. It's not that bad, you know, <laughs> but it is bad to them, you know, in, right. their, in their stage of life. Yeah, that's like very real. what a great resource that I'll, I'll push that we have, we want to, li- you've already listed one Brad of that'll mm-hmm. be in the show notes as well. But one that I read even as I'm prepping for this talk next week is, um, of, Paul, Paul David Tripp's book, Suffering. 
Mm-hmm. And and he uses a good, you know, um, using his own story of suffering, of physical health, but he weaves in without, you know, exposing the people's names of counseling stories that he has with, like, you know, from if you want to put him on a sliding scale, but he says we shouldn't put him on a sliding scale. That's the whole point. Like, everyone's suffering is unique to them, but, like, someone who is simply, mm-hmm. like, they broke up with their significant other all the way to, like, I lost my job and my family died in a car crash. Right. Like suffering. And like he said, everyone's suffering is unique to them and people suffer and they struggle and that's hard in their life. And like what what's crazy is, is we all have suffering, yet what's unique is all of our suffering is unique to us um, mm-hmm. because it depends on who we are and what stage sure. of life we're in. Um, and so that's a good book. That's a good resource. And having he talks a lot about having good theology produces good sufferers. When having bad theology, you've already said it, Nate. It reveals your theology. It reveals, like, when we do suffer, it reveals our theology. And so many people who have bad theology, they suffer poorly because their conclusion, if they don't have a proper view of who God is and who they are in the midst of that, then it'll lead them to say, well, either God's not real or he's not good. You know, Mm -hmm. but when you have a proper view of who God is, how he works in our world, how he works in our life, how he works in the midst of our suffering, we can have that mindset that you preached on of there's a purpose behind this and no, God's not the source of my suffering, but he is using it to make me look more like him. And so in the midst of that, uh, thinking about us, what if it's not us? What if, what if it's not us though, of like you challenged us in the midst of your message, I think to uh, maybe it's not the wisdom is in our own life. We need to preach to ourselves. Count it all joy when I, you know, do this. But if Brad's suffering, and I know he's suffering, should mm. I shoot him that verse? You know, like, hey, yeah. shoot right a text. Write on a three-by-five card. You know, write on a three-by-five card. Like, hey, Brad, hey. <laughs> congrats. Congrats on your suffering. Count it joy. Should I do that? Is that what? Is that? It's a good Bible verse. I'll tell you another thing that sounds a lot like that is when people say, "Well, it's God's plan or it's God's." This will. must be God's yeah. will. God's right, will. Right, I right. did talk to someone this past week, and for her, that's extremely triggering. I mean, she's had a lot of suffering in her life, yeah. and for someone to say to her, "This is God's will," sends her over the edge. Yeah. Uh, because you know they, yeah, it's well, hard. I think you're going to talk some about this. Uh, in your sermon, Daniel, of just like this whole language and way of communicating with God called lament yeah. is something that mm-hmm. I think a lot of followers of Christ don't know don't how do to that. do. No, and no, lamenting no. is literally just sitting in the grief, sitting in the hardness and in the pain, mm-hmm. but still, you know, communicating to God and seeking him for yeah. help. But sometimes, yeah, it, to your question, it's just don't come with, you know, answers. Just come with mm. just care and man oh, i'm here i'm with you yeah. put your arm around them you know don't try to solve it yeah in that moment just be present. it's almost like it reminds me of like the biggest thing that i hate this is like just this is like one of the moments i hate in life is uh if you've ever st- stood at a like a receiving line at a funeral right hmm. someone you love if you put, i'll do two people right you're either standing in line receiving people because you're standing beside a casket of a dead loved one and you're like you're grieving and the things people say as they're passing by. Like, they feel this almost obligation of, like, I can't just walk by, give you a hug, and move on. I have to say something. And I only have a few seconds, so it's got to have a good one-liner, right? And the things that people come up with to say, if they try, they're, most of the time they come from a place of, like, I need to fix how they're feeling. I need to solve this issue. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is when someone's in suffering and pain, you don't need to solve it. Right. You don't mm-hmm. need to do it. 
And then the other person is like, when I'm in the line, you know, of trying to console or comfort someone who is grieving, trying to think of something to say, I'm like, what am I going to say? I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. I don't have the answer. And that's kind of the point, right? Yeah, we and don't have the answer. That's the point too. Like it, it's coming from a good place. It like, is coming from a good place. People are desiring like, to like, man, they're hurting and broken oh, for you. Yeah. But it's and this is where we have to learn and grow. Is the solution isn't just to like remove the pain, give the solution. It's just to say, man, I love you. I'm with you. I'm here for you. You know, like that's, those, yeah, that's, that's all it. I say. Literally, yeah. it's like, hey, if you need anything, I'm always here. Yeah, like, and that's that's all right. I. That's my go to line is because it's like I, I mean that I'm genuine, but I know that I can't fix this. Like. You know, mm-hmm. of like, I can't, I can't fix the situation. I can't bring them back to life. Like, and even if they're a follower of Jesus, it, you know, when people say, it's a good thing they're in heaven, they're in a better place. It's like, yeah, they're in a better place. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> and I want to punch you in the throat right now. Like, it's like, you know, it's just like, but that's the honest truth of like, we can't come with solutions and let me fix this right now. Right. You know, like, and, and I, I think even a guideline too is like, when someone is suffering or you're walking alongside someone, the only time, and maybe only is a little bit too strong, but like the only time you should be bringing a solution is maybe if they're asking That's, or they're inviting, mm-hmm. then it's like, all right. And even that, you want to be careful and do it with grace. Yeah. But then you can point to like perspective and God's view. But man, if someone's suffering and they're not asking, don't give it unless yeah. they invite it. That's, yeah. that's so huge. Yeah. I think of that all the time. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I've heard that as advice for parents with adult children, too, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Only only give the advice that's asked for. Yes. Yeah. But, and, and certainly true in a suffering situation. And, there, and there's different situations, too, that where you, where you could speak more or less, right? If you have a great relationship with somebody mm-hmm. and they are, maybe they're, they're, as they're communicating to you, they do have a, a totally misunderstood version of who God is. Right. Mm -hmm. It may be appropriate to correct a little bit and say, like, no, that's not who God is. You know, God is not that like in this, Mm -hmm. you know, like or whatever the case would be. Or like I used the example of my friend earlier in this, like, right. I had that relationship with him where I'm like, hey, you need to have a different perspective on this. Mm -hmm. Um, And it may vary on different things. It's so situational, but yeah, it is situational. Right. But you have to know the situation of the whole point is, is we may be letting a cat out of bag of early later weeks, but like. We just can't be Job's friends, right? Where Job, in the book of Job, they're constantly like, you're wrong, you this, you that. like, And they just constantly, they're like, we know why this is happening. Well, but the Here's the solution. Right. But the interesting thing is that their friends, his friends nailed it for a week. Yeah. Because they came and they sat for a week in silence. Yeah. That part they got right. But then, <laughs> yeah. then they screwed it all up. And then they, they like, screwed it. it all up. They blew it all up, right? <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, yeah, we don't offer solutions, but we offer our presence. I think that's just like that's a, good. that's a easy, you know, solution in the midst of that. So mm-hmm. uh, as we think about suffering, what's, Brad, you've already given us one resource mm-hmm. uh, of that Tim Keller book. I've given us one resource on uh, Paul Tripp. Nate, do you have a another resource that you like, hey, I would just highly recommend this. Or you may, we may both have other things that we want to recommend. For sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely, Mark uh, Vogrop. I think I is how you say his to name. Say yeah. his, ba- okay. his last name well, but he wrote a really, really good book that I would I would strongly encourage. I'm blanking on the name. Is it New Mercy? Uh, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. Yeah, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. That is a really, really, especially if you're trying to learn the language of lament. He really dives into lament and yeah. what that means and what that looks like. But that that's gonna, a really. I'm going to shout him out next week in my sermon because that's a. Uh, 
his mm. his formula is what I'm using. So right. yeah, right. of how to how to lament well. Yeah, but I that's mean, a wonderful book. The Buffalo Bills also have a YouTube channel, so you can also like grieve quite a bit through oh, that uh, channel or soon. learn to suffer. So <laughs> that's check good. that out. We'll put that in the show notes too. Where's the YouTube channel for the Bills? That's good. Anything else, Brad, that you would add? What's one more thought that we want to leave leave people with that really has struck you either from Nate's sermon or this conversation today? What's one final thought? What brilliant thought did I share, Brad? We'll go Brad, Nate, and then I'll wrap us up. All right. For me, it's just like like everything, right? It's about faith. And despite what you're going through, do we still believe that God is good and God is in control? So I'm in point A, and... There's point B, and I like point B. Point B is to be conformed to Christ, you know, to be mature, whatever. But that faith that says that this, really, God, this suffering, you couldn't do it any other way. This is the way you had to do it. I don't buy that, you know. It's, that, that, that's where the doubts creep in. I mean, you think about, like, the loss of a child or something that just rocks your world. But to somehow have that faith that... Yes, um, you know, the end is good, and this was yeah. necessary. This, this, this was how it needed to be done. That is a, that's, that's faith, and uh, that's what it all comes down to. That's great, Brad, really good. I, I think, as I think back on that, that talk, I, my, my hope was that I would be able to provide hope to people to kind of have that category of faith out there, that you, you can truly withstand any circumstance that this world or this life can throw throw at you. That there's that category of faith, that, that category of endurance that that can be found and known in Christ. Like I shared the story of my friends. Like I want that kind of faith. And I think that's mm-hmm. the kind of faith that leaves a mark on us, gives us hope to endure whatever struggle life might throw at us, that mm-hmm. we can endure. We mm-hmm. we can we can get through it. Yeah, the final thought I'll leave us with and then wrap us up is I was really just struck several weeks ago and you drew, drew it out even in the sermon of like from Paul David Tripp's book on suffering of like when we have bad theology we are bad sufferers when we have good theology we'll suffer well yeah. and so there's this there's this space in the midst of our Christian faith of like we do need to have a proper understanding of who God is and study his word and understand who his character is. And then when we have a deep rooted understanding of who he is and who we are, it's almost playing off of our our series we just did, right, of identity, like of who he is and who we are, then no matter what comes our way in life, we have a pro- we can have a proper perspective of how to engage it. And when it comes to our pain, that's that's no different, right? When, mm-hmm. we, when we have a proper understanding of who God is, and what he does, and how we can engage our world, and in, in, in the midst of even pain, we'll we'll be uh, good sufferers, and and we'll we'll know, like you said in that sermon, that David's in there, you know, Michelangelo. He's just got to chisel it out, and that's right. what God's doing in our life. He's chiseling. He's using that as a tool. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's not the source of it, but he's redeeming it. You know, he's renewing it, and he's renewing us through it. And so, um, thanks so much for listening to this episode of A Little Better. We hope you'll be back next week as we continue this conversation all about pain and suffering and what's the point of all this. We'll see you next week.